Hey, it's the TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James and Austin. That's Joe in San Antonio. We're back. We have a, It's been more than a month, Joe. How have you been? Yes, it, I've been good. It's probably been a little bit even more than that. It's almost been two months. I think it was November 5 or something like that that we last spoke. It was after UIL, which we had to do, obviously. That was a big deal. So, And we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, in the moment. But uh, first of all, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. This is also going to be our New Year show. So um, uh, wishing everybody all the best at the end of the, the year, including you and your family, Joe. How's that all going? It's all good. Which um, So I guess we're not going to have another show until after the holiday, right? That's so. my. That's, I've announced it just now. Joe. Yes, uh, there yeah. you go. This so people the are on the edge of their seat. People oh, are on the yeah. edge of their seat. Oh yeah, they're kind chewing their nails. The next show. Yes, we have a lot to talk about though. So it's, I mean, uh, oh by the way, uh, my family's great. Yeah. How like kind of how's your daughter at college? Oh, it's awesome. Like she's doing fantastic. She's home. We went and visited her in London. I got this bronchial issue, then came back. <coughs> that was not uh, that was not intentional. And then uh, now she's ho- home for a month. Um, we're having a great time. Just great. Thanks for asking. Oh, good. I'm, no, I mean it's it's uh this is the family time, right? This so. is the family time. All good. All right, let's get into yeah, it, man. And, yeah. And then that and then that that uh, kind of segues into uh, uh next week. I'm gonna be away from my family. Yeah, you're gonna be well. I'm gonna be gone in, in Santa Fe, and you're gonna be away from your family at a at uh, in North Texas. Um, for what the USA men are playing against both Serbia and Spain um, up in North Texas. Uh, tell us a little bit more because, Joe, you were a little bit involved in getting them here, wouldn't you say? Um, it's it, it takes a village, right? So, <laughs> And uh, was it? You know um, I, no, but, I mean, like there's, there's um, a lot of people, yes. So Team USA and Serbia and Spain uh, on, on the men's side are going to be playing games starting next week up in North Texas. I think it's been since 2016, since the last time that we had national teams play in the in, in the Southwest Zone. So this is going to be tremendous. Um, I think the men last played in Houston at, at at U of H right before they went to the Rio Olympics. Montenegro. And the women played a series of tournaments in February of 2016, um, up like 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 up in North Texas. So yep. this is so this is great. This is this is going to be great for everybody. Um, I'm, and yeah, and I'm really excited about it. It's, I mean, it's going to be um, the games are December 28th, 29th, and 30th at the Louisville ISD Westside Aquatic Center, and then also again on January one, two, and three at the SMU pool. So um, it's going to be a oh, one game a day. But then the team that's not playing are going to be training from 4:30 to 6:30. The doors are opening at four. And people can come in. They can watch the team that's training, play, scrimmage. You can watch the teams kind of warm up, and then the game at seven o'clock. So I, I'm almost more of a, a fan of my athletes and families going to watch training than the games. I mean, I'm not. I'm almost. I say like the games are going to be phenomenal, and it's good to go watch them. But man, is it important to go watch how these teams train, especially? And you know this, Joe. Like the young guys, they just think. Like, why are we continuing to do, do, doing all this fundamental stuff? And you're like, well, let's go watch a national team and see what they do. Passing, body positioning, so on and so forth. Anyway, great series. I'm looking forward to it, even though I'm not going to be there. And this is a training. These are, these are quote-unquote friendlies, right? And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to see the games. We're going to try to dress up the facilities. We're going to try to make it really, really nice. Um, and uh, 
I am so looking forward to it. I mean, you don't get to you. We don't get to see this uh, very often no, in Texas. Hopefully, more not. often, and and hopefully more often, kind of moving forward. But you know, it's again, it's December twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and thirtieth at uh, kind of in Louisville, and January one, two, three at SMU. So awesome. And go to go to usawaterpolo.org. Um, if you have questions, you can email Joe Linehan at usawaterpolo.org. I am going to send out a, a like like an email to all the coaches. Because there's some additional training in the mornings mm. that coaches are going to be able to go watch as well. So. Oh man, that's what I would love to do. So um, and like and just be a fly, kind of on the wall, kind of kind of during the practice. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. So tickets are available for all that stuff, right? Like games Correct. and training sessions. Okay, USA Correct. Water Polo in yeah, like like in the evening. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, Jingle Bells Festival took place last week. It was the way I perceived it was that uh, you know there were some issues with the tournament up in North Texas, and then Cy Fair stepped in to have this very good tournament, apparently called the Jingle Bells Festival. And now it sounds like it might be permanent. Is that is that the idea? That's the idea. I mean, obviously, you know, they have to see how much money they made, kind of see if they want to do it again next year. But uh, um, I, um, I'm going to put it on the calendar and and kind of hopefully we plan on doing it because I think it's a good weekend to have a tournament, right? It's that, it's that weekend right after school's done. There's no, nobody should really have a swim meet, I think for at least high school. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a very good weekend to do it. Um, and then, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of parents will take off at some point during the holiday yes. break. So, you know, practices aren't the, the most, uh, uh, kind of well attended nope. for both high school swimming and club water polo. So, I think it's kind of like kind of like the end before the break, and then and the end, yeah, and then you come back in January, and do you have game days? There's the Cowtown tournament. There is the ODP stuff. So there's a ton of stuff going on. Well, let's so. talk about that Super Regionals. Um, that well, Dare to Dream is at the end of January, which is always a big tournament. So um, I mean, so the so, so there's the ODP Super Regionals, which is. Basically, what's what's happened? What's happened the last kind of few years was there was three or four zones would go to Utah and play games. Yep, that was awesome. Um, and, th- and then three or four zones would go to to North Carolina and play games. So now all the zones outside of California are coming to North Texas. That's awesome. There's going to be seven courses going at the Garland Pool, at Highland Park, at Dallas Jesuit, and the Louisville East Side Aquatic Center. And um, there's going to be a ton of games going on there. I think there's, what, 79 total teams from around the country oh, coming. That's awesome, man. Including a bunch of, like, kind of kind of a bunch from our zone as well. And uh, that's going to be a Friday set. That, there will be games on, on, on Friday evening and all day Saturday and all day Sunday on MLK weekend. Right. So, nice. And that's January 13, 14, 15. Now, normally that, normally that weekend, we have normally done Dare to Dream. But because, you know, there is a limited, uh, like, kind of number of resources in, in, in yeah, our zone, with. we decided to uh, move the Dare to Dream. And so we were looking at options. Again, we loved our partner down at the CFISD Natatorium with Chris Jones and yeah, also the great. CFWPC people. Um, but, you know, they they had, like, they have swim meets on every other weekend besides the MLK weekend. So, um we were able to find a partner at Texas A&M in College Station. The women's team is going to be the local host and help us put this on. And it's going to be great. I mean, 
I don't remember the last time we went to A&M for a, a youth water polo tournament. Yeah, USA water polo stuff. I don't remember it ever being there. There was a high school tournament there a couple of years ago. But, yeah, state championships um, were there for uh, one year. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, like, this is going to be fun. I, I think this is going to be a great place. And if it works, hopefully we can do this each yeah, like each and every year. So um, I'm very much kind of kind of looking forward to that. It'd be, it'd be yeah. Hopefully it's going to be the last that and by the way that's the last full weekend of January January 28th 29th. Oh man, I hope that prompts a club to crop up in, you know, College Station Bryan area. That would be awesome. I, I don't know. Well, well there's right. a there's a local high school team that plays. That's right. So. Bryan played this last year. Yep, refereed some of their games. That's awesome. So, Dare to dream. And that's and that's 12 and under 10 and under and this year the age as of date is actually the first day of the tournament. That and also, right, 12U and 10U are both playing 5v5. Is that right? The um, no, the 12U will play the 6 on 6. Got it. And then okay. the 10U will, will, yeah, we'll play the 5 on 5. I'm going to change we, my we, yeah, we, we will have the 12U girls, so as well. Oh, cool. Um, and, you know, it's the day, it's the first day of the term. The reason for that is the previous kind of Dare to Dream term is we've used August 1 of the previous year to just. In, like to increase the number of athletes available, yep. which would increase the number of teams. Normally, the Dare to Dream, it should be August 1 of the upcoming year. Right. So we're transitioning to that. So instead of just kind of ripping the bandit off and do it all at once, we're going from August 1 of the previous year to the day of the tournament. We'll do that for a couple of years. And then, you know, in probably 2025, we'll, we, yeah, we'll go to, to August 1 of the upcoming year. Got so. it. Sort of read, yeah. Uh, post COVID kind of thing, and just, again, it just gives it gives all the teams an opportunity to get their tens in order, get their twelves in order, and you know that's and that's the lifeblood of the future of water polo, no kind of in kidding. Texas. Get the Absolutely. get the tens and twelves playing. Yep. Um, Are, uh, is Aquatex going to have teams for that tournament? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Good. Yep. I'm hoping that the Elmo area kids do too. So nice. Well, you and me head to head again. Here we go. Just to see no, who. I mean, I will not be coaching. Oh, so. I won't either. Um, speak. Uh, so going from the youngest to now the old old men and women, Spin Lob is oh, yes. uh, at UT. Uh, it's, February, it's February 11th and 12th. So. I always keep thinking they're going to move it from UT. I'm delighted that it's still at UT. I, I, know, oh. that the, I know that the teams that come to town want to be in Austin. I do know that for a fact. That's, that is, that is, is kind of one of the reasons, yeah, they come. I, yeah, it's kind of like they come – that's just their excuse to come to Austin. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, they have a good time. So, and they come and they have a good time. We actually added a forty-plus men's and a forty-plus women's division. This oh, year. sweet! So we're so we're looking forward to that. Um, again, we'll have the three courses going. Um, it's going to be it's going to it's going to be a ton of fun again. So, I mean, it's it is teams from around the country. It's probably the largest Masters tournament outside of California or right. out or even out or even outside of Masters Nationals. So, um, and people love it. So, um, I mean, we've even had that and that even might be on the Super Bowl Sunday, but we've had that tournament on Super Bowl Sunday before we still have teams. Exactly. Everybody shows up still. It's amazing. I mean, I thought the Super Bowl Sunday was like a holiday all by itself. So, well, now that you can watch TV on planes, you know, all the teams that come from Florida and California, they just get on the plane and they watch the game on there or or they spend the night. Like some, a lot of them spend the night and then just leave the next day, which is. And last year was nice because I just drove an hour home and I was able to. Yeah. No more, no more North Texas anymore. Um, All right. ODP (laughs) national boys national championships uh, is when and where San Antonio, right? That is the third weekend of March. March 18th, 19th, that'll be in San Antonio. Awesome. So 
So that'll be in San Antonio at the North Side and like like the North Side Swim Center and the Southwest ISD and Editorium. I didn't realize they're splitting it. I thought it was all at North Side. That's that's amazing. Well, because you, because you need six courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the max that you could do at North Side is five. Yeah. But we're actually only going to do four at Northside. At right. least that's the plan right now. Where we're going to have the two indoor, we're going to have the one in the diving well, and then we're going to have a one big one over in. And you are the stadium. In the, uh, in the stadium pool. So, and then we're going to have two courses over at the Southwest Pool, which Ooh. is a which is a brand new pool that opened up this past August. Yeah, that was where state championships were, right? No, so, that was where region championships. A region, were. right? Yep. So, the, the, I have never seen the st- stadium set up for a single thirty meter, twenty five meter. Uh, you know, floating goal course. I've never seen it. I have, that's I have not great. either. So we will get it figured out. Oh, no, I'm not saying Joe, I'm not, I know it can happen. I just, that, but that's the way like water polo is meant to be watched, you know, like no offense, oh. like we for go, doing the wall goals and all that stuff's great. No problem. But uh, viewing it uh, front lengthwise is that's at least awesome. that, at least that's the plan. We may end up doing the, like the courses across too, but we will I, see. I have to say the diving well is suboptimal, but that's okay. That's the diving well is a nice course though. It's so. all right. It's okay. So, um, and uh, but that's but that's gonna be a ton of fun. The girls are the following weekend in the Tri Valley, not in San Antonio. Tri Valley for yeah, that's like uh, East Bay, like far East Bay, um, San Francisco Bay. So actually, very. I, I told you last time I coached there. So much easier to get there. You get to Oakland, and then the flights are easier, and then you just drive east away from the city, and it's really pretty out there, especially that time of year. So anyway, Tri Valley for the girls' national championships, not uh, not Texas, but you know someday, right? Yeah, uh, and then that's the uh, and I mean that those are large and major ones. I mean there's still some other like you know you got the Cowtown one in early January. You're gonna have um, I think you don't know this yet, but there's gonna be a South Texas kind of winter champs. In San Antonio on February fifth, yeah, and uh, was it um, and then we and then that's only a one day tournament, so it's not really worth the other teams to come in for a one day <laughs> tournament. Um, and then there's going to be the huge uh, Texas Challenge Cup that'll be like the six pools in North Texas the first weekend of March. Then Viper Pigeon and the and the CFWPC are going to kind of co-host tournament in early April. We're gonna have the Southwest Zone Spring Champs in yeah in late April. We're gonna have the Welcome to Texas uh, tournament in in late May. So and then there's everybody's gonna have their game days kind of uh, kind of between times. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff. You know what's funny though is like all those tournaments you mentioned. It's coming up on January, and I, you know we have our largest numbers yet. And <coughs> but for us, it's new. It, this is new. Like Viper Pigeon, the big clubs always do this. They're starting to work on JOs like now. Like that's that's what we're definitely aiming for. It's amazing. You, every, all well, of this is a crescendo toward uh, uh, JOs. Well, yeah, and I mean, and, and or a crescendo during the spring season or the summer season. The cool thing about 2023 is this: yes, 2023 is going to be the sixth straight year of a different calendar in our zone, for various reasons, COVID included, right? Yep. And the double high school season yep. and all that good stuff. So, um, but. In 2024, it should be very similar to 2023. In 2025, yeah. so this is going to be a template for the future years. We're not going to change our calendar significantly. So I'm excited about that, um, and I'm also excited. Like you know, we don't have a high school season this upcoming spring, right? Right. So the cool thing is, we get to uh, like you know those that kind of are doing club stuff. You get to start kind of like, you know, kind of going kind of full bore, Absolutely. kind of right after state high school swimming's done. Yep. 
Absolutely. And that'll be from the February and build towards the end of July for JOs. Yeah. And then we start it again. And then we do it all over again. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah. But no, but. And then we'll talk about 2022 after the break. Yeah, we'll do that. We're going to do a year in review, as we always do. It's uh, just t- sit tight, you know. You can sit there chewing your nails to hear what, what uh, that all sounds like. And that's coming up now. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Hi, this is Natalie Benson, and you are listening to a podcast about water polo in Texas. The lights will turn way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we find James and Joe back with UTX Water Polo Podcast. It's the end of year review. Um, this was, I think you could argue that this was the single most eventful year in the state of Texas ever for water polo. Um, just the two high school seasons alone made it that way. So there's a few things that were highlights of this year. Um, we got to start with high school back in the spring. Um, it was the last Tisca championships. Joe, it seems like a lifetime ago already because the UIL thing was so big. But um, the final Tisca high school season took place. Um, also the 50th Tisca high 50th, school 50th, yeah. That was a big deal. Uh, I, people outside of Texas, I don't think they understand like how – the, the Tisca as a basically a high school club program is by far the most established of any in the country. It's impressive. I always brag because Texas started playing girls water polo in 1972, and so um, anyway, 50th anniversary. It, it was uh, appropriate that it ended on a on a note like that. Flower Mound won the girls' title, and St. Mark's won the boys' title, um, and uh, and, and then the state championships were at U of H. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that was the last big, huge state championship with the sixteen boys and and the sixteen girls. So, which is super exciting. I do miss that part, but uh, I think um, you know events have shown that the the alternative is also very good. So, um, congratulations to Flower Mound and St. Mark's, the final Tisca championships ever. I hope you know in that sense. Um, and we might as well just piggyback on that. The UIL season then. Man, oh man, it came on fast at the end of the summer, and and you could even say frenzied and maybe a little disorganized. I don't care. It was fantastic, and the Brazoswood boys won the state championship, and the Foster girls uh, won the state championship in uh, in San Antonio just a few weeks ago. And more importantly, I think it's everybody got through the first season. Yeah, amazing. It was a very successful first season, and you know we we ended up having probably just enough referees and um, <laughs> we ended up, I mean, we could always use more. Um, we ended up, uh, you know, there were no major issues and, you know, I think the UIL was happy. I think Tisco Waterpo was happy. I think Tisco was happy. Um, and, you know, everybody, I think had a big kind of collective sigh of kind of relief after the high school state championship that it was, it, it was, it was well played throughout there were some learning curves as far as of scheduling, course. you know, yep. you know, like, you know, there were some teams that were scheduling their games back in August. Right. Yep. So, um, and then, you know, kind of the playoffs kind of, how was that going to actually work? You know, just kind of going, everybody had to kind of go through it once to kind of see how it was going to work. But now we have a much longer runway to get ready for next fall. So. Just the sheer number of coaches who've never done this before. And you and I both know, like, there's a lot of disorganized 
teams and coaches because it was their first year ever. And we have fully expected that, by the way. And then once I have just been so gratified to hear how many coaches are now they're into it. Like they, they are looking forward to next year and yeah, they struggled the first year. It was difficult for scheduling. It's, it's not like scheduling swim meets, man. It's like, it's just different. And, uh, I'm absolutely giddy about this season. I, it went better than I expected it was going to go. And it just feels right. Like it feels like that UIL sanction really means something. And I was not expecting to feel that way quite so much. So congratulations to everybody who played this year. No, yeah, I mean it's. I mean it was. Uh, congratulations to the teams that first played. Congratulations to all the teams that yeah, the, the, yeah, that competed and made uh, and made uh, the playoffs. You know, all the kids that were like, like, uh, kind of selected to the all state teams, the all region teams. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I mean, a pat on the back. You know, it was, it was, it was definitely a lift that everybody kind of, kind of contributed to the success here. So. And a quick, a quick note about this is that the Bernie champion the boys, I want to mention them again because they made the finals and this is the first year that they've ever competed in water polo. And it is a, it is a symptom of the, the, the revised UIL like bracketing it's, it is, it, it, and so anyways, I thought that was absolutely amazing and really, really fun that a team like that could just emerge out of nowhere and make state championships. They didn't win it and that's fine, but that, that really like just a uh, inspirational in a lot of well, ways. I, I, I don't know if there was a symptom of that, but I do believe that they deserve to be there and they played well and they <laughs> earned their right and they want to like, uh, like, uh, like a hard fart, a, ha- a hard fought, um, kind of a semifinal game and yeah, and, and congrats to the coaches and the kids there. So. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on. Um, Austin college had its most women. They had their most successful season ever, but in the spring, they repeated as the CWPA Division Three champions and then placed third at the first ever USA Water Polo Division Three championships out in California. In May, they beat Augustana for third place. Um, a spectacular. Honestly, it's like you, again that they've been around for it, you know five years, something like that, and here we are talking about them as the as Division Three champions. Champions. It's it's. It's the first ever kind of team like that from Texas. Obviously, A&M back in the day was very good, but they didn't win anything state championship or uh, national championship-wise. It's fantastic. It's just an honor for them to have uh, uh, had such success, including four women on the All-American list. So uh, Austin College had a very good spring season. Yeah, I mean it's uh, I mean it's a testament to the hard work that they that they've put in, and obviously you know. Um, I think they're just going to keep building and keep getting better and better and better. So I think so too. The men this year was a rebuilding year. I mean, everybody sort of knows that, but still the, as part of the MPSF, which is the single most prestigious conference in the country, they divided it into East and West and, uh, Austin college men, uh, earned themselves coach of the year awards. Mark Lawrence is the coach of the year for the MPSF East. And, uh, Kate Griffith is the MVP for a uh, player for the, for that same division, MPSF East. So some highlights for them as well this fall. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's 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 uh, it's uh, just tremendous. You know, again, they're the only NCAA program in our state. Um, and uh, 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 was it? Um, it's you know, I think like they had some home games this year. Yeah, I think some exactly. People, yeah, kind of went and watched. I think it's just everybody kind of cheers for Austin College from Texas. So no doubt, and yeah. I, and I think 
and that, that will continue until we get some more teams added, which we will. Oh, yeah? You have some news to break? No. You're just hopeful. No, I, it will happen. I think so, too. Uh, you, can, you and I can talk offline about gamble on which team is about to, or is not about to, but there's a potential for them to come around. That, that's always a fun conversation. Um, the, so, pandemic, ju- there, they split Junior Olympics into basically two regions. There are two sessions that were in California and one in Dallas. They repeated that this last year. And I would argue that it is now a fixture on the calendar, that it's going to take place in Dallas for the foreseeable future. So another really big, successful, well-streamed, well-played uh, tournament in, in North Texas this last year. Yeah, I thought it was – I mean, I think the teams from Texas are enjoying it. I think the teams from outside of Cal- – like the kind of, kind of outside of Texas yep. kind of enjoyed it. There were, there were teams from, from California that came this year. Yep. So um, I think it's just going to keep growing and growing and uh, keep getting better and better. And yeah, for the foreseeable future, we're we're trying to work. We're, we're trying to keep that in North Texas. I so. think that's fantastic. It, it, it is. Uh, Texas teams do love it. My team loves it. Although it makes things complicated in some ways. It's a good complication. It's like what what do we want to do? Do we want to try to qualify to go to California or do we want to stay in Texas to play JOs? And so that's a debate that I'm going to be having with my families the next few weeks. Again, it's a good debate to be having. But your 14 girls, it might be different than your 18 boys, right? So um, you just have to make the decisions that is going to be best for your club. And, uh, but no, and just a big, again, I, I cannot thank them enough. We cannot do these, kind of major tournaments without good local hosts and the local host for the session three of JOs. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, Mavericks and Pegasus and Thunder and Cowtown. They've all, and Dallas Jesuit, they've all been so huge and so tremendous that we, that, you know, I just say just kind of thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because they do a lot of the heavy lifting. So it's, uh, it's a bit underrated actually, in some ways I don't, I'm, it's uncertain whether people understand just how deeply the clubs are associated with hosting these events. You could, you could look at it from a distance and go like, yeah, USA water polo is hosting this thing. And so they just, I don't know, bring in a bunch of people. It's like, nope, it's just club people who are taking care of stuff and it's fantastic. They do a great job. And we do take care of our local hosts and, uh, to make sure it's all taken care of. But, um, yeah, it's, it is, it is, it is tremendous. So, a um, couple other big tournaments that, that maybe deserve mention. Welcome to Texas was a, a big. It was one back in, on Labor Day. Back on Labor Day. Sorry, 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 sorry. Back on Memorial Day. It was back on Memorial Day. Yep. I, it was, it previously was Labor Day, right? And then went back to Memorial. Day. So it was previously Memorial Day, before COVID. Right before COVID. Yes. And then we didn't have it during 2020. And then in, in 2021, we made it Labor Day. Because we did the ODP tournament there on, on That's right. kind of Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. And then so now in 2022, we went back to Memorial Day. Popular. And it's going to be back on Memorial Day again in 2023. Beautiful. So, again, that's a huge kind of local partner with San Antonio Sports and Northside ISD. Um, uh, it's We, again, cannot do it kind of, kind of, kind of without the good local hosts. Yeah. So. And that is getting more and more attention outside of Texas, which is great. Like more teams coming from outside the state, which is fantastic. Well, I, I, and, and I just think just teams are getting more are getting more used to traveling, exactly. et cetera. So. Uh, Southwest Zone Festival, J.O. Qualls, that was the first year that that sort of format has taken place, which is, Joe, isn't that, that's fairly unique. 
wouldn't you say? Like, is that the only kind of qualification tournament, so to speak, for Junior Olympics in the whole country that sort of splits it into a festival versus uh, Junior Olympic qualifications? Well, I mean, that was the first time that we did it here, too. Right. The only reason we did it was because we wanted to give those teams that are going to Session 3 an opportunity to play, right? Yep. Um, but it worked out well because, you know, we actually – it, we weren't quite sure about how many teams were going to play, and it ended up being a little bit more than what was playing in 2021. So we were able to fit it into the footprint that we have up there with this, with this, with the CFWPC people. So um, overall, you know, um, worked out well. All those, anybody that wanted to play got to play. Um, the teams that tried to qualify got to have a qualification yep. event. Um, I think we're going to have a lot more teams that want to try to qualify this year for the session once in session two, but I'm hoping that we have the same amount of teams that want to do the like the festival, which means that we're still growing. Yep, exactly. And, uh, and that, and, and that's the hope. Um, and it's, you know, and we're, did, we're doing it again. I'm not quite sure exactly where that tournament's going to be. It's going to be going out to bid here in, uh, in early January. And, uh, along with this, with the, the spring champs and tags as well. Yeah. Tags is another big event that moved to the fall this past year. I know it's so confusing. I Actually, have it on the we calendar. had two tags. Yeah, we exactly. Tags. Right. Exactly. We had two tags in 2022. Yep. We had it down in Angleton. Yep. In um, in April. And then, and then that was hosted by Viper Pigeon. Then we had it in, um, in Garland this past November. Yeah. So, yep. and uh, yeah, both events went great. And, now we're not going to have tags until November of 2023. Yeah, that's uh, like you said, stability on the calendar. Um, we, I think we could safely say that this is actually the most, the busiest that uh, things have ever been in the state of Texas. That, and that includes, you know, rebounding from um, COVID to have a bunch of USA water polo, let's say ODP stuff as well in the state of Texas, and then two high school seasons. So it's just been, it's been a whirlwind of a year altogether. And we're ending, and I just have this on the notes about we're ending with a, again, I just have to make mention of it is that the men's national team coming, right? So this is, it's the, it's a bit of the year in preview, but as far as the year, the calendar year 2022, it ends with a bang, man. Like USA national team doesn't travel that much in the States. And so here they are. No, no, it's no, it's huge, it's huge, it's huge, it's huge, and we're very thankful that that they decided to come to Texas, and uh, I'm very thankful that we were able to find some locations, and you know, it's it's it's, it's we're we're looking to fill the stands. Yep, we we want to show them that you know keep coming back here, right? Absolutely. Right. And I'm also looking forward to seeing the Serbian people. No, no, no doubt. Up there, there's a I'm lot of fans. I'm looking forward to seeing the Spanish people. I, exactly. I, and, I, and I would love to have a have a bit of a soccer fan type feel right yeah you know we all just got done watching the world cup right so that that yeah so so kind of that so so they're a little crazy right but (laughs) i think that's good as opposed to a lot of american fans just kind of stay and watch a little plastic you know and i mean not just cheer the entire time but um but no it's 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 going to be a ton of fun good time All right, let's finish out with uh, the year's cultural stuff. That's the way I have it written down. Um, Two men in their 40s and 50s talking about culture. Yeah. I don't know how pop culture this is. Hey, be, for all okay. of our 12-year-old listeners, this is this is the best part of the show. This is where you get to learn what you should be watching and listening to. Or if you're you know 55 years old, this is probably about the right area for you. So um, you know my movie of the year I watched last night? It's called The uh, Banshees of Inishirin. It's a Irish movie. 
I thought it was extraordinary. It was a uh, it was a a great storyline about uh, about the pain of losing friendships, but it's also like very darkly violent as well. And I'm not usually into that kind of stuff, but it's so dark and interesting and funny. I I actually really like that movie a lot. Banshee. I, I do want to watch. I, okay, normally you pick movies at yeah. the end of the year that nobody ever hears. Exactly. About. Yeah. So, and probably nobody hears about them. But I've actually heard about this movie oh. and. I do want to watch it because it starts a couple actors that I like, and they've been in a couple things that I've liked. And uh, what is it? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad it's good. I've heard it's good, but you know, I want it to be free, so I'm I'm waiting for it to be free. It's on so. HBO. Is know. it on HBO now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It's it is free for me then. So there you go. Not really free, but it, it's free no. in a way. So hey, uh, do not watch it with McCoy. I would tell you that much right now. Uh, McCoy, we watch our movies. And shows after McCoy goes Very, to very good. I'm sure we're going to get into that in a moment. What, what, what's the movie of the year for you or the highlight? Uh, probably, I mean, okay, I have, I have since COVID happened. Yeah. In March of 2020, mm-hmm. I have been in the movies once. Once. Well, does it, you, does and going Steph to and the I movie got, Steph and I got a um, babysitter. Um, and we God. went and saw, and we went and saw Top Gun Maverick. Okay. So um, I know about a billion a, a, a billion people went and watched that this year. But uh, yes, and we own it now. And I think my wife has watched it ten like about <laughs> about about ten more times. So um, we thoroughly enjoy that movie. It's great. Um, it it takes me back to the eighties whenever That's I right. watched the like the Top Gun, and I actually think it's better than the original it is Top better. Gun. Yep, and um, it is it's well worth a watch and if you haven't seen it yet and you're like oh my god it can't be any good it is good it is good you and, uh, you uh, you made fun of me because i watched it on an airplane so a tiny little screen and um i'm not as effusive about it as you are but my daughter kenna absolutely loved it and she went to the theater with buddies to go watch it and she said it was fantastic so i understand why i'm not as you know it's not as good as i thought it's way better than the 80s one I have to say, like, and I loved that kind of stuff. It was so cheesy and stuff. It was just great. But this one's bad. And I'm sure it's completely stupid and uh, and uh, uh, and unrealistic. But it's I don't know any better. So yeah. you know, <laughs> like the, like the internet is bliss. And uh, but I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I mean, there were some other movies I liked too. Like I watched a random movie called Thirteen Lives. It was on Amazon, and uh, that was about the uh, like the people like the. 13 kids or the 13 people that were trapped in the caves after the flood oh, wow. in Thailand. Yeah. 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 And, um, and that was, that was a great movie. I didn't really know about, I mean, I just had my head in the sand whenever that happened, I guess. And, uh, I was it. Oh yes. And then the, and then, and then a movie called everything everywhere all at once. Oh, I don't know that one either. It's a great movie. All right. I'll great go movie that. So those are like my little top three. So, um, I, you know, we were supposed to talk about the top stuff. I don't know. It's sort of, to me, it's more like what's the most memorable. And I don't really watch TV series very much. It's really more like I sit there while my wife watches them. And uh, <laughs> she wanted to start Wild Orchid. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was that big a deal. I, 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 I it was okay. Like, I didn't, I, you, you Wild can't, Orchid? It, it wasn't it, Wild Orchid, a movie from the 1980s? Is that, am I, I'm probably saying this incorrectly. I think what's you're thinking series? about the White Lotus. White Lotus. <laughs> White Lotus. <laughs> See what I mean? That's how not memorable it was to me. White Lotus, yeah. So this new, there's the new season. We're going to, we just started that as well. And I'm like, okay, it's all right. It, it, see, the, see, see I haven't seen that, but I do want to watch it. See, I don't know. These multi-season shows. I know. 
drive me nuts because you have to it's like it's a it's a commitment yeah and uh i think the white lotus is uh um i think it's a limited series so it's a different cast and stuff like that each and every season so or i guess they call them the anthology series so oh is is that right i I didn't know yeah yeah there's yeah there's a term for it so but um but uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, is that the only show you've watched? Is that the one? It's the one that comes to mind because none of them, none of the other ones really, again, it has to be memorable. And so far, none of them have been very memorable. All right. The one, the one, there's, there, there's a couple series that I watched this year. Uh, one was uh, Winning Time about the Los Angeles Lakers and the rise of the Los oh. Angeles Lakers in, in the late 70s and the 80s and, and like, and Magic Johnson. And, oh, Magic Johnson's and, yeah, my favorite and, player ever. Yeah. And yeah, and Pat Riley and and yeah, in that whole thing, that was a great. I that, should watch yeah, that. That was a great series. Yeah, that's and that's on that's on HBO and uh, it's a very HBO series. So <laughs> again, don't watch it with McCoy, right? So and um, but like uh, another a couple of other shows I watched, The Old Man, which was a again I, that's a limited series. I that's on like I don't know. I think that's on on the on like kind of like Amazon or FX or something. I think I watched the first couple episodes um, and then left it. Oh, it's on it's on Hulu. So and then I watched The Boys. You know, I kind of watched that series on Amazon. That's again uh, kind of uh, don't watch with the kids. Um, <laughs> and then another series. I again, this is me just back in the two thousands. My head was in, in the sand, and I didn't really. Uh, know what was going on i guess but um it's a show called a a a, a dope stick hmm. about the opioid e- e- epidemic and how it affected different people oh yeah um and it's a great show i mean it's 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 not a documentary it is a scripted show um but it kind of kind of kind of kind of highlights some stuff and stuff that i didn't know about so there you go, man. Come on, you're being a, such a downer. Opioid. No, but there, but hey, but there are some shows I do want to see. That I mean, there's a thousand shows that I did not watch. I I, I did not watch the eighteen kind of kind of like like the Tombstone eighteen eighty three. Didn't watch that one. I I need to watch that. And then the new Jack Ryan season started yesterday, so oh, yeah. I got to watch that here over the break, whenever <laughs> I have a little free time. So. So to go to your books, Joe, because it's funny because uh, you, you have a particular theme in your books. Well, here, you need to start out with your favorite book. Okay, well, so, okay, not favorite, but just memorable. And again, you're gonna, I can't wait for you to make fun of me about this. Well, here's what I do is Kenna basically tells me what to read. So I finally read Frankenstein. This is a, now a couple centuries old. I've never read it before. And again, it was very, it was, it's, it's a very romantic meaning in the sort of uh, German romantic way. And it, it, it is a tough read for me. I'm getting, the older I get, the more it's difficult for me to read fiction. I read almost nothing but nonfiction. And so, but it is an amazing book. It was just not, it, it's, uh, it was a struggle, man. <laughs> it took me a while to get through that thing. But I only do it so that she and I can talk about those things because she likes doing that. So I, I, I'm, I, do it, uh, I do it as penance. There you go. Well, that's good that kind of it's good that your daughter's reading books because a lot oh, of people don't read it. books anymore. Nah, so. She's a nerd that way. It's great. Well, I mean, I don't I didn't really get a chance to read a book. <laughs> Wonder why. Fully in 2022. Yeah. I, I did I did kind of read and or kind of revisit an old book. It's called Kind of How to Fight Presidents. 
huh. which is a which is a fun little book. It's just and it's a nonfiction book. It's just about just talks about the presidents and, and kind of how crazy they were and how nuts they were and how they were good fighters back in the day and all the stuff. It just it's it's the little stories that that you wouldn't find in a regular kind of a uh, uh, kind of a history book. So. Right. And I've read that before, but I did re- I did revisit that because we were giving that as a gift to somebody. So oh, I started nice. so I started reading it. But really, what I really read a lot were <laughs> children's books. Yeah, over and over and over. What again, are the highlights? Right? So um, caterpillars. So I, I I asked my wife and yeah and yeah and Steph helped me with this list a little bit. But room on a room on the broom. It has a great rhyme scheme, and my life and my wife kind of <laughs> loves that book. Okay, um, and Good then plot. there was the Digger Dozier Dumper. Whoa! And I and I think my wife knows this book by heart. And yeah, doesn't even need the book to actually. <laughs> that, that's yeah. true. And then, and then another one is I love you till the cows come home. Wow! And my wife, whenever we had the baby, she was not gonna uh, breastfeed, but she decided to start breastfeeding, and she, and then she loved it. And her little spirit animal was the dairy cow for a while there. <laughs> so, you know, so I love you to the cows come kind of have that. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of have that little theme there. And then I think this is a famous book that everybody has is the pout pout fish. And it's just a great little book. You can kind of sing along. The kids love it. And it's you singing. Uh, I want to hear that. Um, a friend of mine who will go unnamed actually reads it to his class. <laughs> at the end of each and every year. So, um, and, uh, and he gave us the book and we have, and we absolutely loved it. That was Chris Alvarez. So from, uh, <laughs> who's kind of one of the coaches for, for uh, the, like for the Larry water pole. Yep. And, um, and then the last, then the last little one is the little blue truck books. It's like a series of books. It's like a little blue truck and he has little adventures and there's a Halloween, there's Christmas, there's the original. So, and, and McCoy loves those books. So, well, I don't like, know if he really loves them. I don't really know. He's still at that <laughs> age where you doesn't really communicate all that great. Yeah. So, um, and Might but yeah, so it's a lot of it's it's a lot of children. By the way, that's just a that's probably less than one percent of all the books that we have. He's so. going to come back in his uh, biography, autobiography, and tell you that you're, he was traumatized by these books, as far as you know. Um, he won't remember this part of his life. Well, you know what the, the standard for these books is? Yes, of course, the kid has to like it. But if it drives you bananas, then it's not a good book. It has to. Well, we have so many of them. We yeah. can we can switch them out. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I remember I loved having those books. I'm like, <laughs> man, she might have liked them a little bit. And I'm reading it. I was like, this is trash. And then you just get rid of it and find something See, else. The, but the problem is it's once you get settled and then it's what book is within arm's reach. <laughs> So you don't have to get up and go get it after you're like you're ready to do it. So and if it just happens to be the same book that that you've read over and over again, it's like, oh. well, as you're going to find out at the, you know that point where they just choose it and they either just look at the pictures or read it themselves, then you don't have to be involved. So you can give them all those books that you can't. No, stand. You have, they have to they have to sit in your lap and you have to read it. And he and he turns the pages and and kind of helps out a little bit. <laughs> but you know he's a, he's a typical kind of a kind of a fifteen month old. He makes lots of noises. That's good. No, there is no like his. The only like he says mama data and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he started and he and he recently started saying uh oh like when he drops something. Okay, which is kind of interesting, right? He points at stuff. Yep. Um, you know, um, he doesn't walk yet. 
which is fine. He crawls all over the place. Yeah. He's close to walking, but he's been close for like three months. Um, we'll see if he ever walks. And uh, he will. Although I really do, because you know, you know what happens after walking, right? He starts running. Yeah, so, no. Then you got to cover all the corners kind of, of your tables and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so you know, we're you know, if he just crawls, it's fine. And uh, but uh, he's. He's yeah, he's good. And like the three people that are still listening to the podcast, you know, um, <laughs> they don't really want to know about McCoy too much, but uh, he will be a future water polo player for sure. Oh, so. uh, yeah. Well, what else? What choices he have? Well, he's going to have a choice, but he's going to try water. I polo, don't think so. so. I don't think he, he will. will try water polo. It- uh, I wanted to bring up something that's a little bit of a downer. Uh, Dante Denamonte uh, died a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I mentioned him because he's an historic figure in the United States, and I became friendly with him over time. Um, I, I just remember the story. I went up to Stanford when I was playing and because I wanted to go to Stanford, and he was totally cordial and nice to me, and it was clear over time. I was like, yeah, there's no chance you're going to play here, buddy. So he's very, very intimidating. And then later when I was part of Total Water Polo and was coaching in Northern California, he actually really helped me a lot. And um, he, was, he was a very sweet man. He was also very, boy, if you needed a quote, he was the most eager guy ever to talk about all this kind of stuff because he had lots of strong opinions. Um, and I, I just wanted to mention him because uh, he's going to be missed in the community, and it was unfortunate that uh, he passed uh, the way he did, especially. And uh, so I just want to make mention of him. He, he, he was somebody that I became friendly with, and I just thought it was worth noting, even yeah. though he's he had ab- – oh, I'll tell you a Texas anecdote about Dante. Um, Dante was friends with a couple of my mentors who, in California. That's how I sort of reestablished connection with him. And we met one time at my friend Giovanni's house. And it's where my, MJ and I announced to everybody that we were moving to Texas. And uh, Dante turns to me and goes, oh, my God, what happened? He was not a fan of Texas. He thought, like, I was being banished to Texas. I'm like, no, no, you don't get it. I want to go. I really like it there. He was he was not a big Texas fan, but I I, I just remember that story. And, and uh, but God, we, Yeah, just God rest his soul. But, you know, we don't need to bring up people that don't like Texas on our podcast. Here, <laughs> no. but, yeah, but he was important. He was really important. And I think he had a couple of Texans on the roster every once in a while, too. So anyway. I mean, no, but he was very he was a very successful coach at Stanford. So yeah, yep. he was he was important in growing the growing the sport. It just uh, I don't, in yeah. California, too. So, well, I mean, out, outside the country, too, but not in Texas. You can put it that way. Yes. Anyway, uh, R.I.P. Um, that's it. I didn't mean to end on a, on. A, I actually think it's not entirely a downer. He was just such a, a sweet guy. So uh, something to remember but for for us that is it joe for the entire year of 2022 um again we we had a paired back schedule but it's been a delight joe we will be back in full force come yeah come january are you sure because we got to talk about the men's games we got to talk about the odp stuff lots and lots of stuff coming up so full force i don't know about that but we'll be back definitely in january um thank you joe for everything All right, thanks to you for listening, for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. And with that, until next time, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.